Hello and welcome back to Is This Seat Taken? The podcast for people with many places to call home. We discuss what home means to different people and how it affects culture, identity and finding your community wherever you are in the world. I am so excited about today's guest. She is the incredible Lucy Sheridan. Lucy is the world's first and only comparison coach, author of The Comparison Cure, How to Be Less Them and More You, out now and highly recommended by me, and noted as one of the UK's most successful coaches by The Times. She's on a mission to cure comparison. Adwoa Aboa named her queen of self-worth, and if that ain't true, talking to Lucy is like getting a hug over Zoom and I talked to her about her semi-recent move from Brighton to the Peak District, what it was like making friends on the hill, and what this period of time being in lockdown uh, has taught her about herself and her connection with where she lives. So I hope you love this episode, and here it is with Lucy Sheridan. Has your experience of lockdown how has it affected your sense of place like where you are in the world yeah. um it's definitely caused me to uh, reflect on that and also around like how much perhaps of my own felt sense of place is left to chance because um something that we were chatting about is that I am pretty good. I'm quite a vision-led person in that, like, if you say, like, in the next three years, what that might look like, I could probably paint you quite a good picture of what I feel like would be a great, where I'm kind of going. Like, you know, what's plugged Mm. in my spiritual GPS? I can probably give you a pretty (laughs) good view about, like, what I might like my professional life to look like or my personal life to look like, et cetera. But I've become conscious in terms of, like, you you know, a lot of where we end up, not all, but a lot of where we end up is driven, like, it's intentional, I would like to mm. think. And certainly I would like to think I live intentionally and that things don't just happen by accident, even though I want to mm. go with the flow, et cetera. Something that I've become clear on, on over the course of lockdown is that I can be a bit stop and start. So mm. where I find myself isn't, I, I've been, there's been a bit looking around going, oh, how did this happen? Or, oh, why haven't I still done that? Or, oh geez who knew that and it's, there's been just a lot of reflections I've become like I've kind of fully paying attention now mm. and although I don't so and that's presented loads of questions and I don't have all the answers to those but it's given me a really good view of um what I don't want as much as it has about what I what I do want and I think um something that has become more pressing is that I must keep a better tether to where I am in my life Mm. rather than um uh, you know be quite be intentional and then kind of like freewheel and then not come back to what's next and a term that I've used when we've chatted before um Amy has been that I felt like quite orbital like I've orbited in and then mm-hmm. I just orbit out again and that isn't always great for my most important relationships as well because I might get somewhere and then I just disappear but equally mm. if I'm on the way to something and working on a goal, let's say, just to keep it jargon free, I can become quite absent. Um, and it's not just, I think energetically, it does not just feels like, it doesn't feel like just stepping out the room. It feels like I've gone away and I need mm. to work more on that. Um, not because of presenteeism, 
but because this pendulum swinging and sorry to use like mm. my eighth analogy in the answer to this question <laughs> but this pendulum swing it's just it's I think it's becoming untenable and I kind of like mm. you know I'm gonna my next big birthday's 40 I'm 37 next month and I'm kind of thinking about what's this next chapter of my life going to be the decisions I make now will determine that so yeah there's been a fair bit of beard kind of like beard twiddling on my chin in terms of like thinking <laughs> hmm, what comes next <laughs> I love that. I love that. And do you, and has there been has that been affected quite heavily by the fact that you've been indoors in one place and that a lot of your work and relationships have had to be online? Yeah, it's certainly been affected. I, I think what it's done is it's also brought things to the fore because mm. I think there were some things in my awareness like, huh, interesting that. I've still not done that or oh I've still got that tax thing I need to wrap up which I absolutely will do but I'm sure I thought about that in prep three weeks ago and I still haven't done anything about it now you know mm. so it's kind of it's been a bit of I suppose it's kind of brought into um view and focus a need for house for that sort of housekeeping that mm-hmm. if I hadn't had this like pause place um I wouldn't have been able to address or, or look at some of some of those things too so I, I definitely have I definitely when lockdown kind of started I wasn't devastated because I was like I think this is a good way to keep everyone safe for a start mm-hmm. um and you know I've got people very close to me that could not get ill like would not have survived it oh well and still we've got to be really careful about them um mm-hmm. on their behalf but there's also been a case of um I was starting to I was starting to feel like I wasn't really being as present in my life as I thought I would be. So when lockdown kind of came in, it was like everyone stay indoors and reflect. I wasn't devastated, but someone has said, mm. you can't do anything now. It was mm. like kind of being sent to bed early and I was all right with it. you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think there was a bit of sort of liberation actually that came with that. Yeah. And it, it, yeah. I don't know. I, I certainly, I speak for myself, but it hit me like a train. Like, yeah. what, what do you mean I can't go out? What do you mean yeah. I can't? like go to work what do you mean I can't do yeah. this like that that concept had just never really occurred to me before mm. I didn't even think it was sure. possible and sure. I wonder if you can relate to that a bit where it was just like a wall oh yeah and and I, I remember it as well um when I think it was the Thursday before lockdown or maybe I, I think it, it was a Thursday I think before we had the first kind of um talk at the pedestal you know at the plinth mm. and when we got mm-hmm. told by Boris and I I received a few emails and then I could see with the other two and I just got loads of work cancelled in one day mm. and to the point where I just shut my laptop and was like mm, that's not good. I think I lost 15 grand in one day yeah um in terms of what was forecast and I'm you know yeah I'm a I'm a I have my own business so that was really like an oh no moment mm. um but again kind of gave that pause as not well what happens now because mm. this is like say it hits like a train like this is happening okay mm. fine well do we have enough toilet roll why is everyone buying it <laughs> and we can have terrible like upset stomachs as well as like these respiratory problems and I was like no people are just buying it I'm like oh right fine cool okay yeah people have just lost their damn minds yeah, <laughs> for a few exactly. days exactly yeah it is funny to think back to that first phase of lockdown where it's like everyone was watching tiger king and hoarding toilet paper and they <laughs> they just feel like bygone days already <laughs> <laughs> they do and this is that's been another thing like time feels so stretchy now and um you know the weeks are galloping by I'm all right with it like whatever it is I'm not going to resist it anymore and oh my goodness well you know at the time we're having this conversation it's about to be August like yeah but it's only August 
And it's just mm. like if you're listening to this in February in the future, oh my God, it's already February. And it's only February. Like mm. time, I think that's it in terms of I have a label time. I'm, I must have, I must take more responsibility for that participating and being rushed. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's it. Because it is a narrative that is never helpful. Like it is, it is a, just a never a useful thing to go. Oh my god, I'm I'm so busy, and time is just flying by. And just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, but there's yeah. also there's still the same number of hours in the day as exactly. Welcome to the human race. <laughs> That's it. Um, and you made a big decision last year to move from Brighton to Ooh. Hill in the yeah. peak. Um, and I'd love for you to just chat us through where that decision came from because it seemed to happen quite quickly it was kind of a twinkle in your eye and then it was this incredible reality and what made you do it and well first of all this will scare you it's actually nearly two years ago no way yeah it is because I've been here two years in September and that's about six weeks ago I know so sorry (laughs) good lord well no I'm sorry (laughs) no 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 no, I didn't time is stretchy because I couldn't believe it either until like we had someone come and check the boy the boiler or something here like how long have you been here it's all about you my husband was like no nearly two and I was like oh thank you (laughs) okay so no not at all like that wasn't that wasn't a catch but actually I did just to go off our last conversation time is yeah So it all started with a feeling of something's not quite right, but I wasn't quite sure what the answer was, but I just knew something wasn't quite right. So, um, I'm, so I'm from Leeds. That's where my big vowels are from. But four or five years before we moved to the peaks, um, we lived in, we lived in Hove, which is just on the edge of Brighton. And we had a great time down there and it was a really big part of, um, well, I sound so worthy and grandiose, but excuse me, I'm going to drop it anyway. It was really part of our growth in that, mm. um, you know, in terms of where we were as a couple and what we'd have to recover from, et cetera, like Brighton was a really important part of that or having this like couples autonomy that mm. as a couple and, um, my husband's self-employed too. And I just got to like a, it just got to a point where, like I say, it was getting on for five years and something wasn't quite right. And I could get, I was feeling indications of what it was in terms of space. There mm. were a few things like, I didn't like being six hours away from my mum and dad anymore. If you were going to drive it, it's not that far if you go on the train, <clears throat> excuse mm. me. But I also like was fed up of tripping over my vacuum cleaner because we didn't have a cupboard mm-hmm. for it in our flat because wasn't much storage. And it kept to this point where I felt like, um, I felt like I was a little plant that had been planted in the pants plant pot and my roots were ready to like burst but mm. I was in this kind of capacity in the, in the plant pot was there and um and I knew that I needed more space because I knew like the life I wanted to have but also like the business I wanted to build could not be built on this table where I was chopping vegetables and sorting my laundry and seeing my clients and you know me seeing my husband that kind of thing I was like, we've, I've just mm. got to get out of this space um and I tried working in a co-worker space, tried getting an office and that wasn't it either <clears throat> and it certainly found like basically the things that I loved around Brighton I didn't love so much anymore and again I just I felt mm. like I was disconnecting from it um and then I went for a like a walk like a walking holiday with some school friends um and we kind of do it every year and try and pick somewhere random but sort of halfway-ish depending on where mm. people are at the time and so we ended up going to Bakewell in the Peak District and had mm. a great time and when I came home my husband basically said like don't take this the wrong way but you seem like a different person and I was like yeah wow. I think it's the trees and He's like, he was like, Are you, do you want to move? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, oh, right. 
And I was like, yeah. And it was the first time I think I'd admitted it to myself too. Because mm. we've been looking a bit around Brighton, but we couldn't really find anything. And also the nature, like any place where lots of people want to live, like things weren't even making it to right move to even mm-hmm. go and view. And there were like waiting lists at estate agents to when something would come on and around view. So, you know, if you, you, it, was, it was just feeling like a game that we, we couldn't play. And yeah. so there was an invitation, I think, to look further than that. I knew I didn't want to move back to Yorkshire because we wanted to have our own space. I knew I didn't want to move into London because I just didn't want to. And I um, was spending enough time there anyway with the business. It wasn't somewhere I wanted to necessarily live at the time. <clears throat> so what kind of happened then was a series of kind of conversations. As in, if we're serious about this, let's see what the process is. So we thought we wanted, we, we definitely knew that we wanted to have like a different location and um, we didn't want to be too far away from London. But we went to place, we went, we went village hopping a fair bit to try different places. So we went to the Cotswolds and necessarily connect there and um, then came back to the, um, to, came back to the Peak District in terms of it being in the thought process. And my husband was like, look, if we're going to do this, let's do it. Let's go village hopping up there and and see, and maybe we'll even view some places too, because if we are serious mm-hmm. about this, let's do it. It's not, it's like it's a quick round trip for us being based in Brighton at the time. And so we did, and then it all kind of like unfolded. Like any anything kind of when you decide, I do believe that life kind of like, like rises up to meet it. Once you mm-hmm. have kind of, once you are all in on a decision, even if you're not sure exactly what the outcome is going to be. <clears throat> Excuse me excuse me, I've got a frog in my throat. Um, so we went, we went to, we kind of hit right move and we made these appointments and the first place we saw was our house now. Really? Um, and we just absolutely fell in love. And I remember when I opened the door to say agent, I felt the house go, hello. <laughs> and like my shoulders dropped, I exhaled. Mm-hmm. It just was this lovely feeling. And, um, and and I just I just loved it basically and like we've got amazing views and it felt really quiet and peaceful I just felt like I think this is it I think this is it mm. that of course it did happen quickly we viewed it in in um, end of May and we moved mid September so it did look mm. long <clears throat> and we had to move heaven and earth for it just like anyone does with this sort of investment but that that's a whole other pod episode but what <laughs> I would say is what was interesting about what came up is that even though I knew it felt right, there were of course these reservations about, are we doing the right thing? Cause we are uprooting mm. our lives. I did actually have um, a couple of conversations with our husband and said, you know, um, am I uprooting us with this decision? Because if mm. I, if I am, I'll figure it out. Let's not rush. I'll go mm. to therapy or we can look somewhere else or I'll just try and get my head around it. It might just be I'm going through a phase. Well, the phase had been going on for nearly a year. So I don't yeah. think it was a phase, but I was open to the fact it could be. Um, mm. Because I was kind of saying like, what I don't want is for us to go somewhere and then you run out of petrol or something and all I'll run out, we run out of ketchup and you'll be like, oh, well, it wouldn't be so convenient if you hadn't made us move here, you know. I was like, yeah. I cannot, that can't happen. So you don't have to give me a full answer on it right now but you need to answer it because I'm, mm. because now we have the time and the chance to not make the call. But like mm. once we're on the bus, we're kind of on the bus. Um, and, and he was like, no, no, we're not, we're not rooting. I'm, I'm in this too. I get it. I totally get it. He was less keen than I was, but he was ultimately up for it there, mm. um, which was important, I think, because it can be difficult in a partnership if one person isn't at least open to what the other person might want to do. We don't have to grow at the same yeah. pace, but we have to kind of go in the same direction. And similarly, he you know, said to me on one day, like, oh my God, what if you change your mind again? <laughs> I was like, well, we'll move. You know, like we're not going to, we're going to stay here for 10 years if it isn't good for us and the family we want to have and the 
the life that we want to create here. So yeah, it was interesting in terms of it took a while to kind of find its feet as an idea. But once it did, it was off like a rocket. And then, as we mm. said, time's flown. So we've been here a couple of years now. Um, and it was interesting in terms of like, we thought we had a really strict criteria about what this move had to be like. But once we actually got into it, we realized it kind of was interesting to see what became more important than what we thought was important. So for example, I thought I simply must be within an hour of London or within a like, close call of, of getting to London. Um, you know, and that kind of felt really, really important. Well, we're not. I'm an hour and 35 minutes. So our nearest, so I live on the north side of the peaks, the Cheshire border. So mm-hmm. closer to Manchester than Derby. Uh, I can actually see Ma- Manchester from the hill. Um, anyway, <laughs> from the famous hill. But um, my big station is Macclesfield. I say big station, mm-hmm. my main London station. There's nothing big about Macclesfield station. Let, no. just let the record clearly show. <laughs> uh, but my main station is Macclesfield. Well, from there, it's an hour and 35 minutes into Euston. So mm. I can go up and down in a day. I can go, go to London a couple of times a week. But it's just interesting in terms of like for that extra half hour, we've given ourselves so much more mm. because of kind of just weighing up things. So it's, it's almost like I can't imagine being anywhere else now. It did definitely take some adjusting to like we live in a rural area. It's not remote. Well, Amy, you've been, you've come yeah. to visit. It's not remote, but it is rural. It is different. Um, to kind of like being able to nip out to Gales for a turmeric latte. Like I'm not getting one of those here. The end. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But it's amazing as well about um, how it makes you reflect on those things too. And also the judgments that you might have about moving somewhere. So we Mm. were kind of thinking, oh goodness, if we're going out of a big city, are we going to go to a place which doesn't resonate with our political views? So we did a lot of research about that. And it was very half and half, 50-50. So I kind of felt like, oh, that's cool. Like I can deal with that. Um, Because, you know, maybe if it had been different, we wouldn't have moved here. Mm -hmm. Also, we've had some pretty upfront conversations as well about where we live in the countryside is very white. Um, So it's about having those conversations about making sure that you keep having real responsibility for being a well-rounded human being and not in a bubble. Um, yep. too because it's it's easy to do of course it is but it was mm. interesting in terms of the criteria of when we um when we moved it's that of course it was it took a lot in all sorts of different ways but it wasn't as hard as we thought it was going to be so for example for any self-employed person listening we found it pretty we like we went through a mortgage broker like nine people wanted to give us a mortgage and oh we wow were like, we were thought oh we'll have two we'll be lucky and we'll maybe we'll have to be put back a few years because they'll give us like 10p <laughs> or something but they, it was really interesting in terms of you know I thought I had to fi- had to have five years of books and all this you just, mm-hmm. I just I just really want to share this actually you just don't some people wanted to give us a mortgage on they were like give us your last three years and we'll take the best one some people said just give us last years and some people just said give us the year before last so you know in terms oh, wow. of it wasn't any like, big complex accounting it was like grab the pdf from your desktop and send it to the mortgage person the end because there is so much fear around self-employment and mortgages it's so much fear. like i said they were like i say they were throwing money at us okay of course like you know it was we had to do we had to do our bit we had we went in with a big deposit because it was part of our plan that we were saving and therefore i say big that's relatively speaking we had we had Mm. something to play with is what i'll say um yeah i want to be triggering here um, but what I'd say is I know loads of people that have that, that then did go and see about a mortgage because we went because they were like, oh, we, we know we'll never get a mortgage. And then we were like, well, we had, like I say, like nine people wanted to give us, like people, organisations wanted to give um, 
as mortgages and it was it was only positive and in fact the only tricky part we came up against in the whole process once we got our ducks in a row and it is really stressful getting your ducks in a row I'm not going to say it isn't especially because it has to be done in like a week yeah uh, anyway um is the only question they had was um it doesn't stand to reason that Miss Sheridan that's me it doesn't stand to reason that Miss Sheridan's business can continue if she's moving outside the area several hundred miles away and so my accountant wrote a letter saying with what we're forecasting, things are set to continue to grow. This is how, this is why these are the plans are in place. The business is not location specific. I have clients mm. in Barcelona, South Africa, blah, blah, because this is true. And yeah. then they disapproved it like that. Oh, wow. So I know your accountant. That yeah. must have been some letter. <laughs> yeah. Well, I also, I, I told them to write it because I was yeah. like, this is the only way I'm going to do it. Um, so mm. when you write it, she's like, well, it's the truth. Of course I will. And mm-hmm. all she would have needed to do was write like saying, we have no reason to doubt that the finances will change, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it, it goes to show, like I say, there's so much fear about not being able to get one when you're self-employed. Um, when actually, like, if you've, got the, if you've got the funds there, you've got, you know, as in like, if you're earning, it's possible. Mm. It is mm. possible. Um, so yeah. if you have been kind of thinking about the worst, go and just get the answer. Go and get the answer to the question. Well, that's it. And find people who will advocate for you. Like good mortgage brokers are like, oh, yeah. you know, hen's teeth. It's like once you've yeah. got one, just like yeah. cling on to them. For yeah, time, exactly. Because if you've got, if you're going to advocate for yourself like, and, yeah. and you know, instruct your accountant to yeah. and, you know, exactly what you did and you've yeah. got a broker that's on your team, yeah. then, you know, you, if you, it's like with anything, you assemble the right team and that's it. And you have, magic to, just, things you have to just believe, you have to believe it's possible, obviously, mm. and mm. knowing that it's unpredictable. But I know there was certainly, I don't think you mind me saying, my husband had the heebie-jeebies a few times. And I had to be like, right, I'm going to have to believe for both of us though. And I was like, and I was really yeah. compassionate. I let him say what he needed to say. But then I went out and I was like, glass doors, glass doors. Like I am in yeah. this bubble. I am in the bubble. I'm going to hold it for both of us. I'm not a discussion you can't do it it's fine I'll absorb it it's fine it's fine mm. um, but yeah mm. it, it asks a lot it asks a lot of you no it does I know yeah it's 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 so cool that you're able to do it and it's actually great to hear from the horse's mouth yeah. so to speak that yeah. it doesn't have to be painful you know exactly darling um and I'd love to know when you moved up to the hill how yeah. did you make friends how did you like build your community on the hill have you has um, lockdown helped that it's been, it was cool actually. Well, they're definitely, community is the thing in that I was chatting, to, when we first moved here, I was chatting to my, um, my friend Jules, I was like, how's it going? And I was like, it's great because when we moved in, um, like our neighbours brought us like banana bread, they brought us like vegetables from their garden, introduced themselves, like, you know, told us what the good pubs were. And I was saying to Jules, like, it's really, you know, it's really, it just feels really odd, like people want to chat to us and have been really interested and really welcoming. And, and he was like, yeah, I think it's called community. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I, I live when we were in Brighton like we were kind of sort of friendly with our neighbors but we wouldn't it wouldn't go any further than I've got this Amazon delivery for you have a nice day like mm-hmm. oh yeah they're going on holiday yeah of course we'll let the cat out tomorrow what well, before your son gets there that kind of stuff yeah. um you know I, I was joking with Al that like when we moved they all went to work and they came back and we weren't there anymore there was no kind of like oh it's been lovely to you know there was yeah. just nothing so it wasn't a shock to the system. It was definitely welcome. So how we've kind of made friends is that it's almost been like impossible not to, but it, it isn't like kind of, um, you know, midsummer murders where everyone knows everyone and everyone's got like mm. a connection, but people do kind of move here and like put down roots. So they do know each other. So 
we had people kind of come and say hi straight away um and then um when it comes so we moved in september and then we had like our neighbors around for christmas and invited a few people that we did know i met someone dog walking and then I'd met them dog walking and then it was raining one day and they gave me a lift to the station. Like they wouldn't hear like, no, they were like, cannot have you arriving at your meeting. Like get in, get in. I was like, oh great. And when I was just randomly on my lane. Um, so it, it's interesting that there've been those connections that have been totally by chance. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at cre- the Christmas that we moved in, like I say, we invited the people that we knew to come over and they kind of knew each other as well. Um, but even when we moved, even that Christmas, we got, um, we got like handwritten Christmas cards from people in the village that didn't oh, know wow. us. Like, oh, we here, you know, just welcome to the community. Like, oh. you're really welcome here. This is my phone number and that kind of thing that we didn't even know. Um, so we don't have like a bezzy bezzy circle that like do this like dinner party rotation religiously or anything like that but we Mm. do go to neighbors for dinners like every few months and they come to ours as well um and it definitely it does feel like people really look out for each other here you can really feel that help Mm. each other their gardens that sort of thing um i would say I'm lucky that I've got a few pals that live on and around, like in and around Manchester. So I've been able to kind of see them. But what's been interesting or lovely, I should say, interesting is not the right word, is that we've had loads of visitors. So it's been very active and social. But mm-hmm. because we have places, well, again, like I've got somewhere to put my vacuum cleaner now, but I've also got somewhere that my mum can sleep, you know, without having to get a hotel. So, so we've had lots of visitors here, which has added like a new element to our lives as well, because it's like we're not working as much as weekends anymore because we've got people kind of here to stay. So, yeah, like I say, it's not kind of midsummer murders. Everyone knows everyone, but it is a lovely, really friendly place to live. My husband's like joined the cricket team and that kind of thing. Mm, um, and like I say, I've got dog walking pals and, um, I, you know, I think it was last summer um, uh, 11 sheep broke into our garden. So we herded them back to the farm and that kind of thing. <laughs> So that's pretty cool. <laughs> it is all a little bit Enid Blyton-esque, you know. <laughs> yeah. Like it just sounds so idyllic on the it hill. Is. It is, a, and it is a bit Disney here at times too. Because, for example, like there's the lambs and then there's the horses, and like you'll see the kids on their, their riding lessons going over the hill. You see that their little oh. horse, up, you know, riding helmets and stuff and such. And it is like it is a bit Disney especially when like the flowers are kind of coming out and it's so quiet it's so peaceful so there are no lights on our road so at night you only see the stars and we Mm. you know there's the main road down in the valley which you can kind of see from our house and every so often we'll see a flashing light of a siren um Mm. but it is I mean it's it's very still it's very quiet my mom like she loves coming to visit but she loves going home she's a (laughs) a proper city girl and she's like she'll like she's very quiet she'll walk into a room it's very quiet I'm like yes I know love like get your head around there with the um with the kind of country city setup um you know your your whole life's work thus far is on yeah. comparison and obviously yeah. your book the comparison cure came out on boxing day yeah. and has been a massive success it seems and have you got any tips for people who get kind of comparisonitis around new places meeting new yeah. people i think that can be quite triggering yeah. for people sometimes yeah absolutely and i think it's around um as well give yourself the time to integrate and relax like if you want and need a big social circle on your doorstep throw yourself into what's available Mm. I don't want or need it I have a lovely social circle here people are 
so genuine like so I've made like really good mates um and and yet I don't need to like be going to kind of like Zumba at the town like the village hall every other Saturday that sort of thing so that's a shame (laughs) sorry um but it's also looking like what is it you want to get from where you live and that's my privilege to be able to kind of say that a lot of people don't have a choice where they live I get that um but like I say, if you are going to move somewhere really, really different, that will hopefully come with its own reasons. Mm. So if it is to give you more space and to give you more peace, don't go, don't go cannibalizing that with lots of noise and social, <laughs> social activities and commitments yeah. there and allow a place to be what it wants to be. Like I was a bit worried about moving somewhere that um, I hadn't heard of basically before moved moved here. That's just like the end. And mm. I kind of thought, oh God, well, how much of my ego is tied up in my postcode? I mean, like, it's, like my, it's my job to kind of have a, like a cool and well-rounded and vibrant life. It's like, if I'm relying on my postcode for that, something's not quite right. So I had quite yeah. a, you know, I had a few confronting conversations with myself around that. Um, but you know, it just you can't well, I say you can't allow yourself to be precious about it in that sense too. But I say if you mm-hmm. move to a new area, like I say, look at what you want the move to kind of encompass for you and then move towards that too. Mm-hmm. Um, because you're not gonna leave all your friends, they just won't be on the doorstep. And I've never had you know, since school I've never had like friends on the doorstep anyway. Um No, I think that's quite rare now. Yeah. And um, especially because I work for myself, like I have of course like a a gang of mates that I run with you included Ames obviously mm-hmm. um but that isn't anchored on having seats there every month mm-hmm. so I think it's kind of if you know what your needs are and you want that real life contact of course go seek it and stick at it as well give yourself maybe even 18 months to find your people because you only need one or two to make all the difference but mm-hmm. also if you have like a vibrant social circle already like yeah of course welcome new connections to your life but you don't have to like go collecting people no that's true yeah. that's true and you know I mean you're a fairly big deal on the gram if I'm <laughs> <so>. um, <laughs> I'll take I'll put that on my LinkedIn bio yeah <laughs> Amy says pretty big deal on the gram <laughs> but I'm just thinking you know when you when you said that you were moving to a place that you'd never yeah. been to before that suddenly made me think well the first thing I would do I think in that case obviously prior to signing the uh, <laughs> name on the dotted line would be to kind of search search for that place possibly on instagram actually and see like what's been happening there what are the latest tech totally things that, that. Have happened there did you I and totally has that been that. helpful it was really helpful um even things like finding great walks um mm-hmm. because like trees and space was really important and looking at because we live in so our nearest like little town or oh, nearest bigger town is buxton you know where the water's from it's like mm-hmm. a little spa town yeah it's i would say it's a bit like harrogate a bath sort of but not quite mm-hmm. um so Buxton's there and it's you know it's got a cool buzzy vibe to it it's not very big so I knew there were going there was going to be places that I could go and like have a mooch about we could go for tea that sort of thing the one thing I would notice about um moving out of Brighton is or anywhere is that if you're a real foodie sometimes you've got to go a bit further afield mm-hmm. because like there are a couple of great restaurants in the um village but it's not like where I used to live in Hove but it's like it was like ping pong down the street go to every other place it was an amazing restaurant but yeah hashtags really really helped um to familiarize myself with places even things like I was looking for a gym before I realized actually I'm going to see my PT on Skype mm-hmm. that kind of thing um so that was really useful around kind of accumulating knowledge and getting a view um, of things too and seeing what it was like ultimately yeah mm. and have you made any local internet friends that way 
Like, did you find yes. people that way? Yes. So there's a couple that, that um, a, a person called, a woman called Lucy, who's actually done a couple of my courses. She lives like two villages down. And I haven't seen um, as often as I wanted to, but um, she flourished, Rabia Lomas. She lives, um, I better not say, she lives a few villages away, closer, yeah, yeah. She, not village, but she lives a few areas away, but closer to Manchester. And we've mm. met for dinner before um, and so would nice. love to do again when we, when we see each other again soon. Um, yes, yeah, so yeah, have, have made kind of internet friends. Um, and mm. because of the work I do with Lululemon as well in Manchester, um mm-hmm. that's been really cool to be like oh my god you're i love ice cream one two three nice to see you <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's such a it's such a powerful thing and i, I think lockdown for that is lockdown has brought that into greater clarity for me i think yeah. that actually internet friends i think maybe i was a little bit dismissive of that whole concept yeah. before and yeah. then lockdown happened and i started doing these monday morning coffee mornings mm. and it was just like open to anyone who wants to start the week yeah. with a nice group yeah. of people yeah and these women have become like really foundational women in my life over Gorgeous. the last 16 weeks oh or whatever God, you know what a compliment well, it's it's extraordinary yeah. and how that can happen. And it was really kind of cross-generational. It was global. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Big time. Big and there time. is so much power in that. Yeah. And it's made me just have a whole new appreciation yeah. for finding the right people at the right time online. Yeah. I will say, actually, a really good point around kind of like all different types of people. My friends here are all different ages and backgrounds versus kind mm. of like, you know, professionals in hope kind of thing or like, you know, people with a social media presence. They don't really have a clue about the gram. And if they might have a look and they're like, oh, right. Oh, oh, right. Okay. Um, yeah. If my, hus- my husband will be, my husband's like my PR. It's like, she's really good. You know, she's actually a social media influencer. And I'm like, I'm not. I'm, I am a coach that has this social media channel. And I'm oh, kinda, I, like it. I like him being my hype. I'm a hype man. It's kind of cool. But yeah, I have like pals here that are like, well, into their 60s. And then like Millie from the coach house, who's like my neighbor's daughter, like in her early 20s. And she's a babe. I love like going for a glass of wine. You know, I'll, I'll go for a glass of wine with her, kind of, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, it, I th- I think as well, what's been a lifesaver is not just only hangouts, WhatsApp voice notes, which mm. now will circle 10 minutes. You know, like Laura, one of my good pals that you know her too, Laura Jane Williams, mm. she calls them personal podcasts. Yes. And they are in terms of like, hi, how are you doing? You think you've got nothing to say? It's like the no news news today is, have you seen the headlines about so-and-so? Oh, I'm not sure about to think about that at all. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and then anyway, that's it. Catch you soon. And then like three days later, it's like, yeah, still nothing's happened. Just replying to your point here. And like I say, yeah. like sitting down with a cup of tea and listening to an eight minute voice note from a pal where you go, mm. go and do something else is, uh, that's brought me uh, uh, unmeasured joy. Oh, there's so much pleasure in it. And actually, you, that's just reminded me, I've just finished reading The Love Square. And, oh, and the, the main, main character in that talks about personal podcasts. And it's yes. Been, perfect sense. <laughs> and the fact that she sends them backwards and forwards with her sister. And I was that's like, and that just, yeah, it's, it's such a gorgeous thing. They do feel like a little present that's oh, delivered to you. Oh, they're great. They're great. And even if it's someone like, um, just saying, just dropping in to give you some love, baby. Just like you know, just cross my mind. And I do think yeah. when you cross you might cross the mind of someone, it's like tapping on their like. Imagine if they're like in their own little birdcage, like tapping birdcage. Go, hello, hi, how are you? Are you all right? Yeah. Um, yes, I'm. I'm all right. Are you all right? Yes, I'm all right. And it's just that little <laughs> that little connection as well. I think it's been really lovely. So yeah, God bless WhatsApp. 
Um, mm. Even though, I mean, I've still got my blue ticks on, but I do say to people, blue ticks mean nothing. If I'm checking mm. my phone at the Tesco self-checkout, believe me, you do not want my response then. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, God, I think people just have to be so kind around yeah. WhatsApp. Because some days you'll be the only message they receive, you know, that one message will yeah. be the one they receive yeah. and you'll get, it'll get all your attention. And then other days... Yeah. Particularly when you're self-employed, if your clients have access to your WhatsApp, yeah. there are some days I just want to throw my phone out the window. Yeah, it's, it's like you can't separate the personal and the work, so you just yeah have to stop That's everything. It. And that and being present in the moment too. It, um, I'll probably look at my WhatsApps at about one o'clock. To, we're recording this; it's in the morning. I'll probably look at my WhatsApps. I've checked in before now and answered mm. um, things. I'll probably check in about one o'clock, make a cup of tea or whatever's there, and really presently as even as if, as if I was in a drop-in center if we're knocking at the door I'll sit and go mm. through them like that mm-hmm. rather than doing them kind of slapdash um and yeah. if I'm a bit late to go back to someone I will say I'm just wanted to be really present when I listen to this because like you're important so mm. sorry that mm. it, it was yesterday you messaged me that kind of thing and like yeah. I said I think people have a lot of compassion and ease around that now completely people would rather have your attention at some point yes. than have half of your attention yeah exactly it. my final question is what does home mean to you oh gosh what a question I think it's um a sense of belonging mm-hmm. um this came up I had to I say I had to but there was an invitation, such handy phrase that, isn't it? <laughs> um, but when I was travelling, when I did live uh, far away from my family, when I did live in Brighton, and, it's been, and I was doing work in Leeds as well, I would find myself on, um, you know, train platforms a lot, and I would feel a little bit ungrounded and disjointed. Mm-hmm. And, like, I didn't have anywhere to have my roots down. I'd just be relaxing at home, then it was time to go and travel somewhere else again. And it wasn't like I was going around the world or anything like that. But it did give me a chance to think about it. And it really is a sense of belonging um, mm. and, you know, where a place of safety, um, whether that's in like the arms of a loved one or at someone else's kitchen table or it is in your snuggle chair with kind of like your favourite blanket, which definitely should go in the washing machine, but you're not going to do it, that kind of thing. <laughs> um, so I think for me as well, like I'm in my, this is the first home I've ever bought as well that I own, home also means um it's a real place of sanctuary and a real really Mm. sacred space not when I was in rented it wasn't and by the way we would have continued to rent had we not found this place so I have zero judgment at all around that um Mm. but just having a place where I can like you know like I say is a space of sanctuary and being really conscious about like how it's used to like my Mm because you know we have a really lovely and it's a big house and people say oh you should run retreats here I'm like no like this is my home it's not what a house is for exactly (laughs) and like I I love having I have clients over intermittently here and there if it serves them and they might even come for a night um which I love like you know very consciously opening up my home to people but it really is a place of sanctuary like when I am at Euston and I'm about to get the busy train back at seven o'clock because they're cheaper and I'm tight uh, so <laughs> when I'm like getting on that busy train I can still feel like my, my I think about coming home to my aga and like my yeah. doggy and I can feel my shoulders drop yeah so yeah, yeah. I think it is that kind of that place of um belonging and, mm. and where we're able to put our our roots down as well where everything's familiar mm. to us so mm. even and um, because I go out every morning with my dog I'll notice like oh there's a new raspberry on that raspberry bush or oh mm. look you know um they're going to bale the hay next week you know that sense of like noticing where how things change and as well as they stay the same I suppose 
Oh, and you're so connected to nature up there. It's that lovely yeah. combination of like domestic yeah. warmth and coziness and then yeah. just wild nature oh, around is. you. It it's, really it's is. so beautiful. Yeah, we're really lucky. Oh, I'm really, really blessed. Even like things that like we have really old trees in the garden. Um, mm. So it feels a little bit like Lord of the Rings after it's been raining and that kind of thing. It's really, <laughs> really magic. We're dead lucky. Yeah, yeah. And that, yeah. What a beautiful way to talk about home. It's just a lovely thing to end on. It's very warm <laughs> oh, and cosy. <laughs> God, thank you so much, Liz. I really, oh, it's been pleasure, so eh? lovely to catch up with you. And what and lovely lo- unique questions as well. I've never been asked any of those um, questions. Oh, good. I, kind of, I don't mind being asked the same things over and over because it's like you want to be fresh with like fresh audiences, but it really got me thinking. So thank you. What a gorgeous episode. Lucy always talks about having big sister energy and I just think that she embodies that with everything that she says and does. It was so fantastic to speak to her and there was so much relatable stuff in there. I mean, particularly talking about time being stretchy um, and I think being accountable for how you spend your time and choosing to live life really intentionally is a kind of golden thread that connects a lot of Lucy's work and how she comes across. I mean, I certainly want to go up onto the hill again and meet her lovely neighbours who sent her Christmas cards when they first arrived because they just sound like totally divine. I think there was a lot of really great stuff in there about connection with place and how it doesn't necessarily define your friendship circle. You know, Lucy's someone who has a huge online presence and is one of those rare people that's able to make really incredible friendships online. And so that does give you that freedom to make your home anywhere you want it to be and I think that really came across Uh, so I hope you loved 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 this episode if you'd like to stay in touch with Lucy I bet you do um she's on Instagram at Lucy Sheridan also do look up her book The Comparison Cure it's fantastic it's very interactive it's like a workbook it's kind of like a little companion for getting rid of comparison it's a, a really really wonderful tool And you can also keep up with me. I'm at Amy Meadows UK on Instagram. Thank you so much for listening to the pod. It means the world. If you enjoyed it and you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please do leave a review. It makes a big difference. Share with your friends. It's always lovely to hear that people have shared it with their friends. And I will see you on the next episode.